Good morning, Doc. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to your family. How are you guys? We are okay. Thank you very much. Uh, back from a rocking weekend, and it's time for some sobriety, uh, you know, just in general. Um, so let, let's talk about unconscious bias. Doc, first of all, what is this unconscious bias? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the way that you say it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I know that in terms of uh, where you guys are, you are beginning a new season in terms of new teams, you've been restructured. And you find that when you have unconscious bias, you tend to want to gravitate to what is familiar, what is common, what you've been exposed to. And then anyone that does not feel that kind of profile of what you're comfortable with and what you've, been, you've come to expect, you end up actually having a bias against them. Let's use an example. Hmm. You've been working maybe with Mr. Tato for years. You're familiar with her. You've been working with uh, with, with, with uh, Mel. You've been working with, with Owen. And then now you are going to be coming into a new team and you find that these are different people that the different ways of doing things. Perhaps they, even their culture and the way that they communicate is different to you. And you find that you just do not take a liking to them because it seems like mm, they are not gelling with you. When in fact the issue is not so much that they are very different and they are completely not going to gel with you dealing with change and starting new versions or new portions of their life. Mm. But in this journey that you're coming in, be aware of how you can be unconscious of certain mm. prejudices and bias that makes it hard for you to allow yourself to emerge and engage openly with people, but also to be receptive. And as a result, you tend to have that filter that actually starts making you block and not necessarily mm. be receptive to engage in a new situation. So Doc, how do you go about recognizing an unconscious bias or is it something that other people will recognize in you? They, they might find that, if, um, and I want to use much more uh, reliable language, Ukarnal attitude, hmm. it's like you're closed off. It's like when new ideas are being come, are come up, you say, you know, we used to do this. Uh, this is what you people think. So you actually enter an environment using an us and them. You begin to make a distinction between you that this is a new team, this new environment, this new boss, this new uh, new misreader, this new producer. So you, you begin to make distinctions that actually separating you, what you previously know and what your default position is and what your comfortable position is with mm. the new reality. The second one, you find that you are not very open to possibilities. You're not open to differences, to, to theories and ways of doing things that are much more complex outside of the comfort zone. So you find that you end, actually end up wanting to do things as you've always done them or the way that you know you go into a default position based on what your memory, what your learned experience, what your crystallized intelligence is about. So you tend not to want to think and be flexible in your thinking and not adapt to the new situations and new challenges and other people's new ideas. Mm -hmm. The third one is you actually begin to realize that you become negative men. You are very critical. You are finding fault rather than coming up with all, uh, possibilities and, and, and suggestions to make things work. So you're coming into the team with all the negative stereotypes. Now, we see this in racial uh, microaggressions where you find that black people are feeling that white people are already not in, uh, including them. They're already expecting you to fail. So in terms of racial dynamics, you can become aware of unconscious bias. But now I want to talk about it in terms of how you adapt to change into a new team when, you, when restructuring is happening in your environment. Yeah, Doc, that was going to be my question. Once you're aware that you have these biases um, and where they come from, how do you actively then overcome them? Awareness. 
self-awareness, just be aware. Recognize where you are, how much of the way that you are engaging is actually informed by your preconceived ideas and what you've always known and what you've always done, rather than what is actually right here in front of you. So be aware. But then also we've been speaking a lot about this personal mastery, that knowing how to manage your own discomfort, knowing how to manage things when you're triggered, understanding where they come from, but also how am I engaging with the person who's there in front of me in the now. Sometimes we rely a lot on our history and what we already preconceive might be the reason why somebody's doing it because we want to analyze the intentionality. So sometimes ask questions to recognize that you are using your own structure of interpretation to engage. Find out why are you saying what you're saying? What do you think? Um, how do you think I can make an input? And and how, what is your vision of where we're going? So that you can align not just internally with, some, with yourself, but you can also align with other people rather than just making conclusions on your own and then let that inform the way you engage. Mm. It is unconscious bias. That is the topic for this morning on Personal Mastery with Dr. Tepiso Madenji, and that's what we're looking at now. And uh, I suppose one of the, the big things here also, Doc, is yeah, your comfort is one thing, familiarity, but it's also a sense that, you know, there the, the are things that you don't have control over, and that is also very unsettling. And I think yes. to some degree, you need to be able to let go and accept the fact that you're not going to have control over any situation, whether it's in the personal setting, whether it's in the work environment, that yes, there will be different colleagues, there will be new management, there will be changes, companies will go smaller and bigger. So it's a, it's a sense of letting go as well, I suppose. Absolutely. Uh, that is spot on. So look at how you deal with uncomfortable situations, how you deal with change, and how you deal with um, the fact that where you are does not necessarily relate with what your current reality is. And you find that it creates that cognitive dissonance within yourself. And it does mean that you let go, you surrender of control, and you actually trust the process. And sometimes the process, you the longer you really talk about where you're going long term, in terms of something that happens like a marathon, it's not necessarily going to be about immediate results in terms mm. of what you're doing. The other part is there might be a lot of changes. There might be chaos. There might be a lot of dynamic movement and things happening, or everything that's happening at the same time. So it might overwhelm you. And the, the, the bias helps you to try and structure and organize and give you a sense of control. So you might also recognize in terms of your, 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 your cognitive flexibility or just being ready to deal with strategic environments and growing in terms of your ability and your competence as a person and in terms of emotional intelligence, dealing with chaos, dealing with things that you cannot control, dealing with multiple things that are moving at the same part and different realities and different ways of thinking to the way that you are is part of what allows you to grow in that way. If you stay where you've always been comfortable, then you are also then standing in your own way and not allowing you to grow into I mean, can one be forgiven your Doc, in the sense that we go through so much as people, and some people do feel like they've been dealt a, a bad hand, that they're always just experiencing misfortune or whatever, where your outlook on life is just not positive at all, and you're always thinking, oh boy, here we go again, I already know this is not going to end well, because it never ends well with me in most of these kinds of situations. Um... You are, you are right, but did you notice that as you were speaking, you went and found information that confirms and validates that um, victim mindset that actually says, I, I don't have 
personal agency that the locus of control is actually out there and I have very little power to affect it. And to a certain degree, yes, change does awaken that within us and you realize that I don't even believe in this management that's putting in these changes. But mm. the point is, what do you have within you? What resources, what networks, what capacities do you then need to develop in order to affect the change that you need to affect in your, in your environment to achieve the outcomes you desire? Because ethically. Mm. So maybe you need to leave, for example, this team. Maybe you need to leave the station. Maybe you need to think outside of the, 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 the box and take risks to reinvent yourself in other space. Maybe you need to moonlight. But either way, when you begin from a place of seeing yourself as a victim and as powerless and the locus of control is external, notice how it's going to debilitate. It's going to create frustration. It's going to limit you. And then you shut down in exploring possibilities to get out of it. I think this is such a key conversation, especially in a world where there seems to be a lot of shifts. There seems to be things that are really making us very uncomfortable, making our world look very different. So I think it's a very key conversation this morning that we're having, Doc. Um, and we appreciate you so much for it. Thank you so much for your time, as always. Absolute pleasure. And guys, have a good week. And uh, more. have a good season ahead with all the restructuring. I wish you all the best.